Yes, hello folks. Welcome along to what is the season finale of footballing terms of the Left Wing Back podcast. Coverage, of course, of the Club Football Championships in Carlo over the last five or six weeks. Brought to you in association with Carlitical Services, Ray Wheel Limited, The Arboretum, PFT Travel, Talbot Fitness, Seamus Bourne Electrical, J&J Services, Scats Bouncing Castles, Earth Spas and Conley's Top Line. Bidenstown. So it's gone by in a shot. It's been a whirlwind. We've had a little bit of everything over the past five or six weeks. And we're going to have a little bit of chaos tonight when it comes to teams of the year, players of the year. And of course, we're going to talk about the six new county champions as well. So we'll start with uh, Ladies First. St. Bridget's taking the Intermediate Ladies Championship on Saturday. Ben Carrington Ryland winning the senior title. Uh, articles, reports are up on leftwingback.com. Jamie Wall attended those for us and got some post-match interviews as well. So thanks to Jamie for that. We've also, in the past hour or so only, <laughs> completed the reports on the four finals from the weekend, such was the amount of headaches, I guess, throughout the day in terms of uh, picking teams of the years. And we'd be lying if we said there wasn't one or two of them kind of sorted maybe before we uh, we kicked off here as well, just before we kicked off, I should say, and we won't include it. So what we have decided to do is our contributors are going to give theirs and... When we have a little bit of time to breathe, maybe over the next day or two, we'll see what were the most common names that cropped up and we'll pick a general one. So um, that's literally where it was at for the last uh, 24 hours or so. So we have to say, yeah, in terms of uh, ladies, well done. Well done also to Aska, to St. Mullins, to Clomore and indeed to Aerog. And not forgetting those who uh, lost out in county final day as well. Wall played a massive part in making the occasion what it is. Uh, and Stewart's, Everyone involved, um, you know, that makes county final days so special officials. It doesn't just happen with players and mentors. A lot of people put in a lot of work to make the whole thing happen. And um, the weekend, as you said, just like the last six weeks, went by in a whirlwind. So that's enough of my ramblings. Um, we have a first message in from Brian Dunahoo, who is overseas and can't join us this evening. So an opportune time to say uh, thanks to Dunzer for his contributions over the last six weeks as well. And not jealous at all. He's in their mid-twenties or thirties in terms of degrees Celsius at the minute. Not quite like that with us. So let's bring in our guest here this evening. We have Mick Yo. How are you doing, Mick? Hi, Kevin. How are you? We have Asher not too bad. We've Paul Byrne. We have Mr. James Clark. How are you doing, sir? Hi, lads. James is back uh, in the love lounge, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I'll make a few adjustments on, on these things here because we look like billboards here I think uh, a lot of us do but anyway um, Stephen Barrick will be on with us in approximately 35 minutes time uh, Joe Nolan can't be with us this evening but uh, all the guys have made valued contributions uh, throughout the last number of weeks and everyone that has done something for us guys I just want to say thanks a million including those you can see on the screen at the minute so guys I, I, I really don't know where to start because we had an awful lot going on over the past number of days with these county finals but I suppose we go to the one that's in most recent memory which may not live long in the memory when in years to come and that's the senior final between mm. Aerog and Tin Ryland so um, Clarky, I'll actually start with you on this one if that's okay Mick obviously yeah. having Tin Ryland connections we'll try to keep it as um, impartial as we can I suppose and likewise when it comes to, to Clonmore we will keep Paul Bourne away from it from uh, <laughs> from that point of view uh, which might be hard but we, we will try anyway Clarky, talk to us about it right so in terms of the first half just say from, from my point of view anyway um, 
it was a bit like, I suppose, if a fair city omnibus or something was on, you could have fallen asleep maybe walking up and you wouldn't have missed a whole lot. You'd still probably catch something before the whole thing was over. That's how the first half went in my eyes. But how did the whole thing look to you, do you think, over the over the 60 or so? Yeah, well, I, I suppose it's a it's a topic around the county for the last um, number of weeks since Tin Ryland got to, were in the semi-final and then final, just the way they play. And people will see it as being really negative and... I suppose there's a couple of things. I mean, if you look at both throw-ups, they won the both throw-ups and immediately went backwards with it. You know, it's not often you see that in um, in Gaelic football or, you know, the first thought of all the players is to go backwards. It's it's not to go forwards. But I suppose the first half, um, they kicked five bad wides uh, in the first half, you know, and... I mean, they did work the ball well. Uh, while it's not easy on the eye, they did work the ball well and they got the chances to shoot. They were actually, they were probably very bad wides, in fairness. Um, now, listen, uh, to the purist, it's, it's not it's not nice to look at, it's not good to look at, but it has gotten to two county finals now. I mean, they, they didn't win them and it's all about winning uh, at the end of the day. I mean, you know, it's great to get the county finals and that, but Barry win them. It's it's, it's 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 no good to anybody, you know. Um, to me, um, I, I I like Arogue Arogue played defensively as well, but they were seemingly able to break better, you know. Uh, found more space, got to freeze at the vital time. Um, Paul Broderick in the second half kind of hit the upright with uh, with a shot as well, you know. So to to win a county final, you need everything to go right. And because there was a lot more pressure on Tinryland that they hadn't won it in so long, um, when 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 you start missing shots, you start chasing a bit and chasing a bit, and start maybe losing the shape that you might have had in the earlier rounds. And I think that was the case, especially in the first half. Although it was only four points to two at halftime, they had missed five six chances, and in the earlier rounds they were getting them, getting ahead, and being more comfortable in their structure. You know. Mm. Clarky, one interesting thing there that I, I never really thought a whole lot about. You just said it, and that was the two throw-ins. And when you're when you're looking at this from a coaching point of view, that is one of the few occasions where you're going to guarantee yourself you have fifteen on fifteen, as in like there's six forwards or six backs, and there's an opportunity to make something happen. So I don't know about you guys, but definitely from teams I've been involved with, we've had a plan for winning the throw, right? And uh, some classic ones, I guess, would be where. Aerog at some stage during the 90s used to put the six forwards across the 45, knowing that Garvin Ware would likely win the throw-in, knock it down to Jordy Morrissey, whoever was beside him. Ball is put in over the top. And a lot of teams didn't cop what they were doing, but they'd runners onto it straight away, and it's not a matter of goal-scoring opportunity. Another one is, I guess, when you leave maybe just the full forward in there. The two corner forwards run out, the two wing forwards run out, and even the centre forward might run out. The ball's popped into 14, the midfielder, either blasts on with the run or the centre forward checks the run and again it's a goal scoring opportunity so I think that is actually very interesting and it's not something I caught I'll be honest that they did opt maybe to go back um, from that point of view and what an, old, an early goal would have done I suppose from their point of view as well and they've only scored one in the championship Clark, you know yeah absolutely and again it's it's because all the pressure was on them you know and it's not I mean as regards being the county final all them players would have probably played maybe with one or two, but um, all the players would have played the year before. So the build up to the county final is always is always kind of stressful for a player. But they were used to that, you know. It's just on the day you need everything to go right, you know. 
and it just didn't it didn't fall for him and then a little bit of panic sets in and start thinking about maybe the year before where they didn't win and the disappointment and they tried to, to try hard i mean nobody can take it away from tin and how hard they tried and how hard they played and to work that system they must have trained three nights a week for the last two years and just work and work and work on the system you know and just it isn't it's not easy on the eye but I would I would say Tin Ryland have a choice to make now, you know. Do they believe that they can move forward and they have two county county final appearances in the bag? Uh, can they move forward and uh, bring in um maybe to go with the management team a good football coach? I mean we, we we're not going to mention Paul there. I'll tell you about Clamore. To me, Clamore were the ultimate team at the weekend. The way the all it was pure football. Uh, everything they did was spot on. Everything was right. Okay, so do they need more football coaching? Um, and listen, listen. Forget about the tactics. You, you know what I mean. Like go, when you're in a county final, just go for it. You know, there's a certain amount of tactics. But if if you win a throw up, drive it down the throw to the opposition. You know. I mean, my my idea is if the quicker you get the ball in, I mean, you're, you're going to catch somebody off guard, okay? If you have a good full forward, corner forward, knowing the ball's coming in left and right, especially now with the mark, you know, I mean, if they catch it, you have you have a simple score, you know? So, can mm. they on? I don't know. Mm. Yeah, Mick, uh, would you mind jumping in on this particular juncture, I suppose? And I know there's a... There's an attachment here, and I probably should say commiserations to yourself and congratulations mm-hmm. to Paul Bourne and Moore. just while uh, we have both you on the screen. Uh, a real um, agony and ecstasy type of uh, vibe we have here this evening. But in relation to what James has kind of said there, Mick, uh, where do Tin Island go from here? Is there a place where they can evolve from in terms of bringing a little bit more flair to it and to create more scoring opportunities? Or what is the next step for them? Well, look, the context is important. Uh, when this particular management team took over, uh, things weren't great. They were in, in they were fairly close to relegation, uh, unless I'm mistaken. I think back three years, and I think it was COVID time. I think they might have ended up in a relegation battle, only there was no relegation of the senior. Am I correct in that? They were definitely in the doldrums. 100%. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. well, well put, put it that way, right? Um, so in that context, like making, making two finals, if someone had told them three years ago, you're going to make the next couple of county finals thing snap the hand off you i think the thing that lives the thing that's kind of people are taking away from it the thing that's really kind of living in the memory is the manner of the defeat and the end of it right i mean it's so comprehensive to concede 213 and to score seven it's a really comprehensive defeat the whole system and whether you like it or lump it and i'm not going to get into whether i like it or not like it's whether i like it or not is kind of inconsequential right um, the whole system is contingent on not being behind in games, keeping it tight, and then picking off a point, picking off a point here and there when the opposition have to come at you. So, to give it to give it a further bit of context, in the last round of the group games against Fenna, Fenna actually had a five point lead. They had a two goals to a one point um, lead, right? And Fenna maybe, uh, I don't know how to say it, I'm not trying to be uh, any way derogatory towards Fenna, but Fenna in their naivety a little bit stayed attacking and stayed going at Tin Ryland and therefore kind of handed the initiative back because then Tin Ryland could hit him on the break and Tin Ryland went in maybe a point down at half time was it 1-3 to maybe 
2-1, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was tight anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I said this to you, Kevin, so you'll know I'm not being wise, it's not in hindsight. I did say to you, I felt a goal was going to be crucial, that if there was maybe a point or two in it either way, and a goal was scored, for Ireland, that was going to mean, that was going to be huge oxygen, it was going to be something to cling to. But sure, the reverse happened. I think, it was, was it 7-2 and then the goal, is that correct? Uh, seven two, and then the goal. So one eight it was one eight to four anyway. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. But basically, I think there was three or four points in it. We'll say yeah. it, right. So uh, then, to give it a proper context, right. So Morrissey goes through to make it eight four. It's a goal scoring opportunity, and literally from that kick out, we end up with one eight to to four from I, there. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I, I beg your pardon, but like at yeah. eight four, it's still doable. It's still right, but but you do have to come out of your shell. You're four points down. And you have to come out of that kind of defensive structure. But then when you can see the goal, you now have a mountain to climb because it's now a case of you really have to go all out attack. Pinching a point here and there isn't going to do it. And it just got away from there. And then, like, whether it's five points or 10 points or 15 points really is irrelevant. The point is, it's now unassailable. Now, if I can, if I can draw a comparison, James mentioned Clonmore and how effective Clonmore were. Look, they're outstanding. And I hope we get a chance to talk about Oisín Dyle, who's kind of... Oisín's the antidote to an awful lot of stuff there, Paul. I just think he is outstanding. But yeah. uh, Tullo were able to, able to fight their way back into the game and get it back to a three-point game. Because, again, there's attacking instincts there and they, they had to work so hard to do it. Now, did I ever think they were going to come back and win the game? Probably not, right, to be honest with you. But they were able to come out and attack it. It's kind of maybe so unnatural for Tyn Ireland at the moment to go chasing like that. And then it then you're leaving yourself exposed. And it just it just spirals then. You're in a tailspin. So it's obviously very disappointing. The, the, the better team won. There can be no arguments on that. And I suppose the manner of the defeat then makes it look like, look, has there been any progress made? Or, you know, have we, have we progressed at all since last year or the year before? I don't think it's as bad as that. But clearly, there's going to have to be some kind of evolution of how to go, how we go about things to say that, look, we have to have more than I, I think plan B can't do. It can't be do plan A better. Yeah, I get you. I get you. And look, Clarky, just from Aero's point of view, then, and maybe a word on Turlo, Tommy, Simon and the lads. Um, a lot of um, a lot of pitchforks, a lot of uh, timbers on fire last year looking for for them to make way even within their own club. Uh, they have answered that quite emphatically now, Clarky, haven't they? Yeah, well, Tommy, Turlow and Simon, they, they, they beat a computer, you know? The, 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 I mean, like, um, they, they, what their game plan was really, really worked, you know? No matter what Tin Ryland had planned, uh, yeah, like, I, I think Turlow is absolutely fantastic football, GA brain, you know? Um, he leaves no stone unturned. Uh, you had Tommy Wogan in there, and 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 Tommy has been there and done it. You know he, he's fantastic as well, um, and Simon as well. Like Simon played at the highest level, and if you had them three together, I mean, they just come up with the the ultimate probably game plan for to beat Tin Ryland in that final. Like you know, like people said, they were lucky to maybe win the semi-final against Ralph Billy, but they hung in there against Ralph Billy. You know, they got they got the freeze. Darrell O'Brien kicked seven frees, you know, and um, 
I mean, they had two guys like Sean Gannon and Mark Fury that that were injured. That I didn't I didn't even know to be back, you know. And they got them through the game by probably minding them more so than anything, you know. So I think absolutely fair play to uh, Tommy Turlow and Simon um, and the backroom team, whatever. But uh, they, they they just got it right, like you know, fair play to them. And but I I do agree with Mick that. Like once maybe the scoreline didn't reflect, um, you know, it, Tin lived. It does look worse than than maybe it was, you know, that sort of way. When when Tin Ryland had to really come out and uh, try chase the game, and as as Mick said, there, uh, they're probably not used to to chasing down that kind of a lead, and um, it just it it definitely looked worse for Tin Ryland than maybe than what it was, but. Uh, they definitely deserve, fully deserved their victory, you know. Yeah, and Aero put up their highest score of the year, I think, or certainly their equal score. They scored 312, I think, against uh, Rangers. Is that correct? So, t- obviously, 312 is, is, is 15 scores. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, like, I, I was obviously leading into the final. You're, you're trying to rationalise and think about where could a win come from and so on. Clearly, for Tenryland to win, we had to concede less than we did. We, we, there was never going to win a shootout. It was never going to be 215, 214. You know that kind of a? Mm. So therefore then, in the end of it, it looked so comprehensive. But at half time, like everybody, there was nobody really on the edge of their seat at half time, right? Nobody was. Anyone, I think anyone says the war is probably a bit of a football hipster, right? There's nobody, I think, really loving that at half time. But it was only, it was only 4-2. And Ken Ryland had some weights. I mean, Dermot Welch was a very talented player, had a wide. Uh, John Murphy, I think, had one. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul Broderick, Paul Broderick, one of the finest free takers we've ever produced, if not the best, had a free. And that's maybe a little bit of pressure in the final and things. So I know Airog did pull away, and so let's say from the 40th minute or so on. But up, and that, up until that point, you can see that certainly it was tight and it was really competitive. But scores at crucial times, and I think a, a player that's going to come up in conversation later, I'd like to laud, actually, the contribution of Colin Hulton. I know Ross Dunphy deserves all the plaudits, and Dara O'Brien, I think, has really come into his own last couple of games. When the game was really there in the melting pot, I think Colin Hulton did a lot. He won a free immediately after halftime or close to it to make it 5-2, and he scored a really good score off his left, if not immediately, but certainly close after that. And I think he's really upped his game uh, as an aerobe player to finish on a positive. From Ten Ryland perspective, if Ten Ryland had gotten into the lead and gotten a one or a two-point advantage, maybe then the system's flaws, and there are flaws in it, but maybe then the system's flaws aren't as glaring. But I just do, obviously, look, Victor's right to history books, right? Fair enough, and aerobe are deserving winners. But I just think that there was a path to victory but it was contingent on not going behind even three or four points. I think even a three or four point lead for Airog really spelt, really spelt curtains. Yeah, plain and simple. And I think you're right with Hulton. And it's something, if you look at him throughout the throughout the year up close, his work rate. And I'd know, I'd know the form of the boys now. They'd be saying, if you don't start doing it, I don't care. It's like fecking was a Gilroy and Bernard Brogan. I don't care if you're scoring whatever. If you're not tackling and you're not getting on the team. And it's well, probably a similar enough situation, actually. Well, look, there are two games. There's when you have the ball and when you don't. And Colm Hulton, since he's a kid, and we know him really well uh, in the CBS and everything as well, 
Colin Hulton, since he's a chap with the ball, absolutely no questions, right? He's putting over balls with left and right. He's kicked really crucial scores for Aero throughout the championship. And I think he's probably had a, a seven or an eight out of 10 game every game he's played. Other guys have been cold and then hot and so on. I think he's been consistent. But I think you're right, you're on to something that his, his, his game without the ball has really come on an awful lot. And whether that's to his credit or management's credit or whatever, it's it's he he definitely has he definitely has upped his game in that regard. Mm. The other thing, guys, that is worth comment and and look, I appreciate we want to spend most of our time talking about football. But we I suppose for me what stood out for a variety of different reasons was a variety of different emotions at full time. And look, we know that we're going to have happiness and sad and, and sadness. That's the you know, the typical fundamentals of how county finals go. A team wins, a team loses. But yesterday there wasn't just happiness and sadness. There was there was frustration. There was emotion in the sense that like of, of meaning to people's families that has stuff going on. Anger. There was an awful lot of stuff. I never saw it like it actually in the sixty seconds after the full time whistle. Um a few things happened that we probably wouldn't like to be talking about or giving too much airtime to, but they did happen, but we're not privy to everything that's gone on behind the scenes over the past few months. So therefore, I don't feel comfortable enough in a position to to give it much airtime. But all I can say is that there was a little bit of everything going on after the game, and and possibly what we have, I suppose, been slightly informed of or slightly have information on in terms of what happened behind the scenes over the past few months did look like it maybe came to fruition a little bit at at full time. But then there was some beautiful moments, which is what I would like to focus on if we could and that was Mark Fury like that interview for me when you look at this guy six foot plus absolutely built like a tank and what that meant to him you could see it in his face tears streaming down his eyes and I mean the gladiator look with the tooth missing and everything you just couldn't look and ask for better to sum up what a county final win means and guys I don't know about G but for me that's what it's all about plain and simple we've any any takers on that one I know, I know Mark a long time since he's a child. Um, as disappointed as you'd be, like there's no two ways about disappointed as you'd be to lose the final. You'd simply, you want to have a heart of stone not to feel a bit of emotion there when you're watching Mark and, and he's so emotive in what he's saying. And those two chaps have had a lot in their plate there lately. And, you know, to come back and perform in the final with an injury, I thought Johnny was, was very good in the goal as well. And I think like there's a few lads there that are real class acts. The like the Furies, Jordan Morrissey. There's a few lads there, and look, you just have to admire them. It, it'd be it'd be easier if you could hate them. It'd be easier if you could go look to hell with those lads. But there's some great chaps there in that. And there's great listen. There's great lads involved in all these places, right? And when you're out there, and when the match is on, you want to be going hell for leather and doing whatever you can to win. But then when it's over, it is important to shake hands, acknowledge and say, look, more power to you, best of luck. And to be playing the least champions, I'm sure everybody will be getting behind them. Yeah. And Paul Byrne, I know I haven't given you much airtime so far, but I also know that you were probably knee-deep in bowlings at the time of the county final being played yesterday. So what we can bring you in on, I suppose, is what the landscape looks like from a Leinster point of view with, with Aerog now. Because, like... I'll be honest with you, in, in my mind, I was chalking Port Arlington down as least senior football champions. I was mm-hmm. saying, Jesus, Aero could have it all to do 
against Port Arlington. But Port Arlington haven't even made the Leash Senior Football Final. Joseph saw them off yesterday, Paul. And now Joseph's yeah. take on Port Leash in the final. And when yeah. either of those two teams come to Netwatch Cullen Park on what I think is Saturday the 21st of October under lights, I don't think that's going to be um, an easy game to call. I would say Iroge have a great chance there. Is that something you go along with, P? Absolutely, I think let's be honest about it. And then just getting back to the you know the interviews with the guys there, I think I think Dermot Root gave an interview as well somewhere I seen on, on on the platforms as well and was was hugely emotional and, and like I I I know Dermot and in fairness, you know, it's it's it, to some degree for sort of people like myself, you know it, it, like a drought in Aerog is only two or three years and yet there's that emotion. Uh and you know, usually that emotion is held for people who haven't won it in 15, 20 years. Uh, so it's a, it's 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 an amazing mindset, um, and it's a mindset I think that will uh, will serve them well against the league champions. You'd have to say to yourself, I suppose, um, you know, if the first game at home, uh, you'd fancy them. I'd say against either Joseph or Port Leash. I know, obviously, if it's Port Leash, you know they come with a bit of history. Joseph's maybe not so much, but again, it's probably a tough one to call. But home advantage under lights on the 21st, you'd have to say a rogue are never satisfied with just winning the county final. Mm. And what they do have is, I don't really care too much for what you bring to the table or what anyone brings to the table or what, like, we are a rogue and we know what we're mm. capable of. And that is ingrained yeah. in them, you know, for years upon years. Uh, it's hard It's hard to beat that mentality plain and simple so look I'm conscious that we spent and in fairness the right amount of time on the on the senior championship final there's probably a lot more we could talk about on it as well is there any last thoughts before we do go to intermediate guys from anyone you all good all good okay so we will rock on to, to intermediates now I have to sum this up as possibly the greatest start to a county final that I've seen from a football team for a long long time and Clummore just hit the ground running. They were sublime. Clarky, actually, I should say commiserations to you as well, actually. I never thought of that. Um, yeah, I you're okay. We were Lachlan for, for, uh, for so long. But I suppose even even from your point of view, you, like I mean, you can't have been anything but impressed, I guess, with, with what Clomore did. Yeah, well, listen, when we talk about starts to the county finals, like, I mean, that's just a dream start. Um, but I just want to say it's a long, long time since I've seen 15 guys so comfortable on the ball. Uh, from your corner back to your corner forward, the kick pass and the foot pass and the hand passing was just on the button every time. And, you know, I, I think Tullo, they, they actually played a different game. I think they changed their tactics when they got to the quarterfinal stage and they started to bring people back. Now, they had people back, but it's one thing having people back, but, I mean, uh, the Clamore guys, they were shooting every time they shot. There was no, I'm not saying there was no pressure on, but um, there wasn't that much pressure on for the amount of people that Tullo had back. Um, but absolutely crazy scores from um, Clonmore. I happened to be sitting beside the PRO from the Clonmore. I don't know what the lady's name is, but I nearly got scalded three or four times by a cup of tea, I'd say, <laughs> because uh, even she didn't um, imagine that that sort of a start. And she was trying to type in uh on the twitter uh, uh Clamore twitter as quickly as they were going over the bar you know so i think it was the score was it was it one seven to ten to no score after 15 minutes yeah, one one six or one seven i think yeah mm. yeah yeah 
So absolutely dream start, but I tell you what, there's some footballers on that uh, Clamore team and wasn't it just great to see the bomb squad coming on at the end? Uh, you know, I mean, like, uh, Colin Murphy there, great. Like, Jesus, uh, fantastic servants to um, Clamore. You know, it was fantastic to see them all. Thoroughly deserved their win. As, as Mick said, fair play to Tullo. I mean, they came back within three points and they came roaring back, like, you know, and that showed character. Um, I think the year longer in intermediate will do Tullo the world of good. Um, not easy to come up intermediate next year, of course. But uh, I think Clonmore are really, really um, well equipped to go up to senior level right now. And I, I think they're really put together an amazing uh, management team. As I said, um, they, they must have been doing football drills for the last six, seven, eight months. And uh, they must have been doing them at speed. And but by God, that was some start to a county final. And fair play to them, they kept it going, you know. And fair play to Tuller for coming back into it. I mean, it was a very enjoyable game. Uh, at no stage did I think Clamore was going to lose it. But um, credit credit to Clamore. I mean, to have a guy, Rob Bulmer, Bulmer playing half forward, absolutely fantastic. He just kicks the ball. There's no curl in it. And it goes high and it's accurate. And um, then we have Oshin Dial in full forward. Oh, my God. What a... I mean, what a, what a starlet, like, you know, uh, definitely for me, intermediate footballer of the year, but um, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Well done to Clamore and definitely con commiserations to Tolo, but they'll come back strong again, you know, and I think the extra year and in intermediate, as difficult as it is, and that I think it'll do Tolo the world of good. I think Clamore are ready to go up senior now. Okay. Well, Fish, I'll bring you in on this because lots of positive vibes and lots of love for... Uh... For Clonmore, um, talk us through what uh, what was kind of unfolding in your eyes, and was there um any nervous moments, maybe in particular around forty three minutes, perhaps when <laughs> a kick out goes Gilways and it could have been back to a point or two. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose a bit like what 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 the guys are saying, like the start, uh, you know, one six one seven is just obviously amazing. Um, to be honest. I was somewhat disappointed at halftime because that one seven probably could have been one ten, one eleven. Uh, you know, a couple of couple probably went astray, and people were probably saying you're getting a bit greedy there. But that was the kind of conversation that we were having. Um, and you know, there's always that that fear that because you know teams are going to get their, their their ten minutes or whatever it is. But I suppose that interesting piece there in terms of you know what happened um, in terms of the goal chance, you know, that would have brought Tullo back within a point or you know I think yeah a point um, and potentially get get momentum. Uh, and you'd be probably normally concerned about what might happen there. But I just think, um, you know, the work rate from the Clamore lads, uh, you know, the, the the crispness of the pass and the vision, you know, they, they saved it all for the for, for the final. There's no question about that. It was by far their most complete performance. Um, and I think, you know, obviously there's loads of names been throughout there. And I, you look at, you know, we're talking about, Guy's been say the the antidote to maybe negative football and look at I think you know we 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 were having a bit of a laugh yesterday and you know it's now become Oshin Clifford because it was that sort of uh, you know special performance let's say and some of the things that he was doing were very special but that's not to take away from uh, everybody else I think the work rate was just was just amazing uh, and there's a unity about them. There's an absolute unity about them, you know. A guy makes a mistake. There's no big deal. There's no, you know, there's no, uh, no issues about it, and and, and they, they get on with it. And then you know you have a couple of guys coming off the line who probably added a bit of experience to it. You know, in some cases probably slowed it down a bit and done all the right things and and, and made the right options. But look at, I don't think we've seen probably a Clonmore team playing that well um, 
certainly not in a final uh, because we had lost a couple um, for, for many, many years. Many, many years. Mm-hmm. Mick, you're very well placed to comment on both of these clubs, I think, because obviously, you know, your involvement with Clonmore at minor level going back four or five years ago, maybe a little bit longer when they got to a county final against Fenna, that gives you a fair platform, um, as does your uh, your time with uh, St. Patrick. So, I mean, you were um, particularly impressed, like the rest of us, with, with Clonmore and, um, and what they have done, not just this year, but over the past number of years. Yeah, just, just I want to be honest, I, I beg on, not egg on my face, but I want to be fess up. I gave Tullow a really good chance in the final because I just thought to myself, like, look, listen, Clonmore can't get a start as good again as the did 1-3 to no score. And I said, listen, St. Patrick's now, we're going to be really aware of that and they'll shore things up. And, you know, I just thought, and I, I even thought as well, it's a real challenge to go beat the same team again. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's definitely a, a psychological effort there required because we've already beaten this team if we go beat them again it's tough now all that said like I, I am delighted for Clamore and I think they're a model for how you respond to adversity they went down in very very tough circumstances I was over watching that game it was in Tullow actually where they played a rogue in what was a, a de facto quarter final or relegation game now they lost the game by a point Fisher that correct lost that game by a point yeah, lost by a point, and it, it it was it was the one year that there wasn't a relegation final. Yes, because there was two teams going down because of previous yeah. with COVID, so there was no even there was there was straight through the trap door. There was no safety net of even a relegation final. Now, Airog went on and won the championship. Talk about a sliding doors moment there, right? Airog went and won the intermediate championship, and Clonmore find themselves in Junior A, and I think the response as a club. By all means, laud the management and by all means, credit the players. And I might mention one or two in a second. But you have to credit the club. They've won Junior C since. They've won Junior A since. They had a great run in Leinster. They've now won Intermediate and really have shown themselves to be the cream of the crop. Like, I mean, they were, they were the team of the championship in the grade. And um, like you would give them every chance of going on and competing very well at senior. The two players, well, there's several players I'd like to mention. Jay Kiki came in as a late replacement there and played really well until he came out. Uh, Luke, Luke Connolly is a guy that, despite being a young fella, he's a young man, but he plays like an older fella. He plays like a veteran. And he gave an interview after the game, and I just thought, like, there's a really self-possessed, sensible, composed young man. But again, I'm not surprised by it. But, like, really... Oisín Dyle, like the Oisín Clifford, and I don't want to not hyperbole or I don't want to heap pressure onto him, but he's he's got it all. He's got pace. He's strong to win his own ball. He has a delicious solo, is how I would describe it. The ball is gone from hand to foot and back in a flash, right? You can't dispossess him. He thinks quickly. If it was a criticism of him, I might say he could be a little bit more selfish. He probably could cap a couple more over himself, but he's just as happy to bring others into it. And the other thing I want to say on it is I think we have a propensity in Carlo to maybe play our really top-class players in around the middle, in around the diamond, centre-back, centre-forward, middle of the field, etc. He's He is Clonmore's star man, and he's close to the goal, and you just have to deal with that. And he was up against a very good player in Rob Gann. He is tough, he's aggressive, he'll give you everything that's going. But like, Oshin Oshin Doyle just really a, a superb performance, and he's if he's not in on the senior intercounty panel this year, I, I, I'm a monkey's uncle. <laughs> well put, well put. In fairness, the the standout thing in that twenty minute period from 
Clomore's point of view was that they seem to have done a lot of work on both a short, a short and long kick out. Now, Tolo didn't go short, but do you know, like, how do I describe it? When, when O'Sheen is like that and he's leaving a little bit of space, he's trying to actually maybe manufacture Kenta. a situation. Yeah, where McGill goes to the cornerback and then they can get three or four bodies over. What's that press called? There's a, term for, a name for that in, in soccer. It's not the, the Gagan press, is it? I don't know what it is. But basically, you give it to the cornerback and next thing, there's there's several players over swarming them. And that's that. So I think McGill recognised that and didn't want to go short or whatever. So everything that went, it didn't matter what way it was coming out, lads. Club Moore were dogged, determined, and there's so much to be said for it. Yes, people talk about breaks, but then there's the, the whole thing of being hungry to get onto the break. And they just wanted everything in that first 20 minute period, like, didn't they? Yeah, and and, and again, like, there, there's other players that I think, sorry, no, I don't want to hog the thing on Paul, who, who knows these lads better than me. But Rory Maguire has really come of age this year. Like, he's owner of the most spectacular mullet in GAA, I'm sure, right? But besides that, like he gave a really assured performance. Billy Lawler, another fella, like he is hardy. He got did he score one one? Did Billy get one one? I thought he got no. I thought he got the goal, but it was Matt Cullen the pink fish? Was it? Was it Matt? Yeah, Matt Cullen got the goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we haven't even mentioned Matt Cullen. There's another young all year actually centre back, centre back, yeah. right? Mm. And he's manning that position there. And like I'm sure his father Phil, a serious customer himself, on the line there. Like, he's really now starting to fulfil promise, I think. Um, look, I, like, they really ought to be thrilled with it. And as I say, I'm delighted for the like of James Doyle, chairman there and all as well. That can't have been easy going down and dealing with that. And you talk about pressure in places like Airog and so on. I don't know how long it was since Clonmore were junior, uh, Fisher. 70 years or something? Was it something well, that really long? Uh, at, at, I suppose at the beginning everybody was junior back in the in the fifties. I suppose it was probably as far back as that, you know. Um, well, but but certainly but it just had a, been a long time. Fish, sorry, it had been yeah, it had been a sorry, long, yeah. it, it had been a long time since Tom Moore hadn't been intermediate or senior, and I just think oh, absolutely. The oh, absolutely. I I think the response as a club has just been like like St. Bridget's for winning. You know, it's it's just it appears to be on a crest of a wave. There, more power to them. Yeah, yeah, and look. To be fair, I got to take that point. It, you know, it, it is at the end of the day all this credit. You know, for today and yesterday and whatever else people are reflecting and looking at the match and stuff. All the credit has to go to the guys that went out on the pitch. There's no question about that. Uh, but certainly as a club, I think you know the club itself could have decided to go one way or the other way. And luckily enough, they decided to go this particular route. Uh, and I think there was no kind of stone left unturned, really, in terms of everything that was being done. Um, you know, players are looked after, everyone is looked after. There's a buzz about the place. There has been a buzz about the place since last year. Um, and I think, you know, all of that contributes on a given day. Um, and it just all came together. It was just... The whole mix uh, just came together. So, uh, certainly huge credit to, to 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 a lot of a lot of people that are doing things there that maybe you know might go unnoticed. Mm -hmm. Clarky, can I just bring in on one thing from a St. Patrick's point of view, just to, to yeah. make sure we're we're calling this fairly accurately? Now, like I'm looking down at, at Jack Kennedy's score in tally, and he got he got six frees, and people might be saying, "Well, Clumore did a great job; they kept them scoreless." The amount of times he gets fouled for frees that he puts over himself is unbelievable, and. Um, I do have a bit of crack sometimes about maybe a horse lawler or an Alfie Corker in Hurling and how they're able to manufacture a free and just in terms of how they come out with a the ball they're already leaning back sort of a thing but Jack 9 times out of 10 is justifiably fouled and 9 times out of 10 
he puts balls over the bar from those frees. I think it's yeah, uh, yeah, remiss because... to not mention it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, Mick, you all know uh, from training Tolo, uh, Jack Hendy, even better than I do, but his work rate, even in the final, was fantastic, you know. Um, I, I think, uh, as Mick will tell you, his speed over 15, 20 hours is phenomenal. And, and when he takes off, it's very hard to stop him, bar you foul him. Now, in fairness to Jack, he's usually hovering around the half-forward line and it, if you're moving to anywhere in around there, if you get fouled, he's a very good free taker as well. Um, I, I listened, to, I had my team of the year. He was unlucky probably not to make it because, I mean, he, he was the star for Tolo this year and getting to the final, you know, and he, ha, he had a great final, like in fairness to him. He, he did everything he could to, to drag Tolo back up the pitch and drag Tolo into it. So uh, Jack Kennedy is fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And I think... When he was in the county a few years ago, he just didn't get the look in that he should have got. Uh, I think he should have got a lot more time on the pitch. But he has kept he has kept his form going for the club, and he's one of the main reasons that uh, Tolo was in the county final. You know, hmm. was he the first person to score a point in in intercounty championship football on a Friday night? I think he holds that right. station. Awesome. Yeah, against Leash in twenty thirteen. Um, but yeah, he's fantastic with the stuff and uh, like a fine wine getting better with age, as the fella said. So. I'll probably go to I'll go to the junior B next, guys, before I come back to the junior A, if that's if that's okay, because I probably should have done it in that order anyway. And the the great story, I suppose, that that is Aska going up to, to junior A. Uh they were favourites to do it, but I mean there was nobody going to hand it to him. And it was a very entertaining game of football, I felt. Um Mick, I know you got in for were you in for most of this one, or did you get in for all of it? All of it. Yeah, all yeah. Of it. yeah. Would I be like, would it be wrong of me to suggest that in terms of entertainment value is as good as uh, definitely the two on, on the Saturday anyway, and certainly better than the senior one? Ah, yeah. And like, obviously, we, we've said this before when we were talking, what, what what you get when you go down the grades a little bit, and it's not, there's no sense of looking down your nose or anything like that. But what, what you get is you get more entertainment value because sure, it isn't as structured and there are more turnovers and there are more mistakes and kind of thrills and spills. And there was loads of that in this game. Um like a, a rogue looked to start great and you had good performances there over wise heads gary powell and Derek hayden uh, liam ryan was really chipping in he was a real problem there at center forward but like to the credit of aska there as well uh, i mean the two doorleys inside are fierce handfuls uh, jamie and ben doorley there inside mm. they had withdrawn jack feeling a little bit jack is that's jack's forte as a footballer i would say he's competitive and he's lively and he'll be he'll be buzzing around the place but, like, probably the guy that really stood out uh, over the whole game is, is John Peary. Like, I mean, his, just his, his, his athleticism is just on a different level altogether there. Like, it really stood out, you know. Um, look, it got, a little bit, it got a little bit tetchy late on. Like, there was obviously cards and things like that. I'm not going to get into it. I, 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 these things happen. But... Definitely then, like, just lay it on. I think the athleticism in particular of, of John Pirry really had such a huge impact. Conor O'Brien kicked over a couple of crucial frees at crucial stages as well. And he's on the go with, with Aska a long time now as well, even though he's not, he's, not a, he's not old by any means. It's also great to see a couple of really young guys, lads that I know well, Mark O'Brien and Andrew Vint, there coming in for Aska. And what's pleasing, I'd say, really pleasing for Aska is that those lads are homegrown. Those lads are nurtured up along the same as Piri, etc. So there's probably a real sense of accomplishment there in that regard. Final thing I'll say on it as well is that, like, 
obviously you, you have to go out and win it, right? You, no one is going to hand it to you, and you don't just deserve it because of nostalgia or or or, or goodwill. But like it is obviously a bigger thing for Aska to climb a grade than it is for Airog. You know, Airog have such an a, a, an embarrassment of riches there with footballers. They have teams at senior, intermediate, and junior B here. For the overall good, if you want to put it like that, and that's that's of no consolation to Andy Ellis and the rest of the Airog crowd, but it probably is a better thing then that Aska are up and it'll it'll keep them in twos and keep them going, you know. Yeah, for sure. Two ten out of two thirteen from play was an interesting statistic. Uh, four points for Jamie Dorley from play. Three points from play for Ben Dorley. I mm. said Perry Perry one one. The impact off the bench as well. Dermot Long Eight. and James Ingram. Ingram, oh. the Ingram, yeah, that, that was a very good score the Ingram chap got, without yeah. a doubt, that was a really, you know, he really enjoyed it, jeez, he yeah. laughed that up, he really, he really <laughs> celebrated that one, but, yeah. um, but, uh, no, the two Dorleys in particular, like, they're, they're, they're talented footballers, you know, they're, they have football, um, so, yeah, look, overall, I'm just, I, I suppose, I, I am happy for Aska, that Aska did get up out of there, and you know what's noteworthy as well, maybe, I don't know who copped it, or I didn't notice, but did you see who was down as trainer for Aska? Did you cop that yeah. one? Lauren uh, Dwyer, yeah. yeah. Lauren Dwyer. And like in a, in a weekend with, with Congress there, we were talking about 40% representation voted that to have gender balance on committees and that kind of stuff in GA. And the direction of travel is that we are all going to come under one association. Marion Hayden, Pamela Hay, uh, Hayden, all these kind of things. I think it's great there then to see Lauren Dwyer is in training uh, the adult top team in the club there in Aska. I just thought that was noteworthy. Fair play to her. Yeah, and a great family thing, of course. John, of course. manager, and the brother, uh, joint captain Absolutely. there in the middle John of the field. John in the middle of the field, yeah. Yeah, really, really cool. And ask it, last thing on them, I think 1-3 in the closing five minutes. Now, that's inclusive, obviously, of injury time I'm talking about. Uh, all that from play. So, it, it goes back to the legs, I suppose. And at that stage, you know, Eirog went, did go down to 13, sure. We'll put it on record. They lost... Lost Eric Hayden and Gary Powell to red cards. A player of note for Airog, uh, Liam Ryan was fantastic. He got two two from play, and um, really really impressed with him. He loads of football. Um, and again, it comes back to as you say, that embarrassment of riches. Like how many intermediate teams would he get on? He possibly might get on a senior team or two. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Liam, Liam is very he's very athletic. He's very competitive guy. He really does like he'll he'll have a route one mentality. He kicked a few lovely scores as you mentioned there as well. Did he score? Was it a penalty he got one? Or was it a penalty he was one? Is that right? Yeah, 2-1 two, two from play, I think it was, actually. Yeah, I, yeah. actually that, that reminds me, I think I put on 2-2 two, two from play in the report, but sure, fake it. I, uh, I will sort uh, that. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. no, look, Liam, Liam is no surprise to me now. I, I know him well. He's a very good footballer. Very good footballer. Nice to see two brothers in the middle of the field there, the two Murphys as well. Do you know, and uh, you'd be looking at him going, who's who? The only way to tell them apart, really, is that Shane's that little bit taller than Dermot. You know, mm. other than that to be so it's great to see Lad Soldier in there and that family affair thing is nice as well, you know. Yeah, of course. So back we go to, to Junior A now and um the story that is, I suppose, Saint Mullins and their um their is that called a tree peat? Is that what the cool kids call it? Mm. Tree peat or mm. something like that. Chicago Bulls. Gone, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're gone from junior C to intermediate in the space of a couple of years, which um is it's phenomenal stuff. I suppose, you know, you could say um, the Junior C one wouldn't have been a massive surprise. The Junior B one they had to work for. But this definitely is one that they were put to the pin in the collar for. Or so we thought. Like, am I wrong to suggest that even though it's a it's a one-point win, it's it's quite a convincing one, James? Um, because if you look at this particular statistic, 
13 wides, three drop short, two wides on the other side. And it wasn't that um, Asuka were over, or sorry, Fighting Cox were overly clinical um, or anything like that. They just weren't able to feed the guys inside. They couldn't get their hands on the ball for so much of the game. So would it be wrong to suggest that was the most convincing one-point win that you might see in a final, lads? Yeah, um, I think so because um, St. Mullins also missed two great goal chances in the second half. Uh, I think they got two points from it, but there were two really, really good goal chances. Um, it kept the, the fighting cocks in the game. And fair play to the cocks. I mean, uh, there was an awful lot of things that didn't go right for the fighting cocks. I'd say it was probably one of the worst performances of the championship. And they came out like losing by a point. But. Um, Fair play, lads. I, I have to say, James Dyle, get him a get him a, a, a size five football and let him on that county team because he is phenomenal. He is a he's a big, strong man that can kick a great free as well. You know, for sure, lad. And Mick, could I ask you if you were involved with the Carlos Senior setup or, or Fish? You can come in on this as well. Would there be a couple of those guys genuinely that you'd be that be looking at to, to call in? I, I know yep. it's a, it's a fantasy, right? Because they're not going to Harlan is number one. But is there a few? And if so, who would they be? Paul? Well, I think just a sort of... Obviously, it's it probably is a fantasy. But if there were, I would say there's probably two or three, certainly, as as, as James has said, you know, uh, James Dyle. Sure, you could look at probably any of the captains to be well able to apply themselves to it. You know what I mean? So there is there is a, there is a couple as there. There were some really good performances Um on the same Mullen side, um, very athletic, naturally enough, you know. Usually, you know, if, if, if a team is sort of getting the better of you, you expect at some stage that they'll tire. You know, they're never going to tire. You know, they, they could be still playing there. You know, it wouldn't make an ounce of difference. Um, so, yeah, I suppose, though, in terms of the one-point win uh, being a convincing win, um, I suppose it was because, you know, you've kicked 13 wides and eight of those were in the first half. I was, I, I was doing commentary on that one and it was... You know, it was a hell of a lot of wides. Um, and you're looking saying, you know, will, will they rule this? They possibly very nearly did rule, um, which would say to yourself, well, then, you know, it probably wasn't that convincing in the wind-up. The only thing I will say is, I suppose, from a fighting Cox point of view, I think they were a little bit shell-shocked as well by the start that St. Poland's had. You know, St. Poland's just looked to be hitting them, uh, hitting them very, very quickly. And we were kind of looking at it and saying, well, what will it take all it take for 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 uh, the Cox to get back into it, you know, not even a score, even a big hit will do it. Do you know what I mean? Get the crowd. The, 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 there was a huge contingent there from the from the Fighting Cox uh, support, um, and I thought they did manage to do that. They did manage to start to just you know play with a bit more intensity. I thought Owen O'Bourne was very very good for them. Uh, I thought he came. He gave everything. He took the hits. He was the one that was sort of rising them. I thought he. I thought he was very very good. Um, I thought Alan Quigley worked and worked and worked. But as you said earlier on, I think somebody, somebody said he can't, he couldn't get the ball in. He covered massive amount of ground. Um, but I kind of was a little bit wondering as well, you know, which team would this mean the most to? And I think maybe to take up the earlier point in terms of the in terms of uh, Aska uh, and maybe Aero's third team, I think this would have meant a hell of a lot more to the Fighting Cox uh, than, it, than it has done to St. Mullins. Uh, obviously, the first and foremost, uh, a hurling club. But for the split season, you know, would there, would there be a different scenario there? There probably would be. And I had huge sympathy for the Fighting Cox that they didn't just get a draw, at least. Mm, fair point. Fair point. And James, uh, just in relation to the Cox there as well, and I don't know if any of you guys are privy to 
the information or whatever or the reasoning why. Now I assume Matty Dowling was probably uh, maybe an ageist sort of thing why why he was withdrawn. But Gary Nolan in particular making way on forty three minutes was an interesting one, James. Um, it I was, uh, uh, yeah, it yeah. was. I actually thought he was playing very well centre back, um, and he was he was on on the day. Uh, there was a lot of spill balls from the fighting cops players. Um, they, they, they weren't able to hold on to, but Gary was able to hold on to it, take a tackle, travel an extra four yards, give a good hand pass, you know. And I was very, it was the two, it was the two changes. I was very, very surprised that Matty Down was having a great game. I, I know he was probably tiring a little bit, but geez, I, I would have stuck him in corner forward or something and just tend to stay around the square. He's very, very dangerous, very good at freeze. Um, two great, great players, two great servants to the Fighting Cocks, and just to take up Paul's point. Um, yeah, listen, I, I was going for the Fighting Cocks as well because I know what it means uh, to the people out there. Um, they're a fantastic community, and their their juvenile structure is is really, really starting to kick off over there as well. And um, but you know they'll come back and give it another go. Um, I think they have a very good management team. And uh, I, I think um, they, they will come back again, uh, possibly stronger next year for the experience. But I think on the day, there was too many things that went wrong for the Fighting Cox to possibly win that game. Even though Danny lost by his point, as Paul said, they were still well in the game. But um, I, I think they'll come back strong again, you know, because... I think the management team will have a better idea again of the players and it's only their first year, you know, and they can get more structures in place and the, and the players obviously trust the management team. So uh, I have no doubt that they'll be back again, you know, and as we all know, as junior is is a minefield to have, you know, look at Lachlan Bridge last year, we all thought, you know, did they be nearly nailed on to, to get to the final at least this year again, you know? Yeah, the 2-6 two, two out of... Um... Two six out of fighting cocks two seven came between minute nineteen and minute thirty eight. Now obviously there's injury time added in there as well. That's uh that's when they did that's when they had their spell, I guess, either either side of of half time. Um actually sorry, I should say forty minutes because Ono Byrne kicked a wonder score as well. That was a really, really good score from yeah. from Ono Byrne when he bombed forward. Just to go back on, on the changes because they were they were a big talking point in fairness. Like, could you have made a case make perhaps now for keeping Gary and Matty on the field, particularly, I suppose, well, not particularly either of them, but Matty with high energy, uh, not not having high energy, I should say, like, the game he plays doesn't involve high energy, that's the point I was going to make, you're in around the area there, the ball comes in, we've seen it for the goal, um, could you have made the case of having O'Brien there with him, Sean O'Brien, of course, we're talking about, <laughs> and Matty still beside him, and maybe bringing in Captain Emmett Moore and alongside Gary Nolan, or, like, did it have to be either or, is what I'm saying? I, I look, we're we're all being wise after the event in the in the middle of games, you're under pressure and maybe it's like down on the line people are seeing different things. What I will say is is that like like Tony Bulger and, and Morris Brown, like they're very clued in guys. Obviously yeah. that's what they felt the thing to do. I, I however I see your point. Gary Nolan, Gary was a minor in zero seven that went to the Leinster final and so on. Like he's a very, very uh, composed, very sensible sort of a player. And I know what you're saying, that maybe you're looking for composure. I can only assume they were looking at a bit of energy. I, that's what I, I, I can just guess that maybe they felt that's what they needed. And sure, in hindsight now, especially a game you lose by a single score, you examine everything with a fine-tooth comb. 
the the thing I want to talk about in relation to it, I, Paul makes a great point there. He's he's absolutely spot on in the bigger picture type thing, which again doesn't matter to St Mullins like this, but in the bigger picture, like are St Mullins going to have a team in Division Two of the league? You know, next spring. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd hold judgment on that one. The other thing is, I think St. Mullins are a kind of a fascinating, nearly like an experiment, right? On the relative contribution of physical, technical, tactical and psychological components to a performance. So without going too boring on it here now, we'll all accept that you need to be in good physical shape to be at your best. We accept that skills, James mentioned the skills of Clon Moore, they were really outstanding. You need to be tactically right, and sometimes we overdo that in GAA. We maybe overcomplicate things. I know people think some teams are doing that. And then psychologically, well, if you're if you're most cabinet getting into the car to drive up 45 minutes to go play a match, right? And I know it, it is, as Paul said, it might not be as big a deal for them as it would have been to the Cox. So he's in great shape. Uh, he's a winner, right? He's not coming up to make up numbers in anything he does. I'm just using him as an example. So therefore, any technical issues that he doesn't practice with a size five very much, or tactically, they're the most straightforward tactical team in the championship, bar none, I would say. I would say they were the least structured of any team in the championship, St. Mullins. But if you have what they have, like serious winning mentality, if St. Mullins are pulling into the car park to go tug out and go into the, into the county grounds, they're going to win, right? That's what's in their head. Big ball, small ball. Plus, like the physicality, James Doyle, again, just as an example, as like there's more. Paddy O'Shea, Paddy O'Shea's as hard as the road, right? And he's staying on, he's staying on till tomorrow night if you ask them, right? So when they have those things, like they will be very hard beaten if if they if they do stay at it. But Paul's point's an interesting one. If it starts to impact hurling, be a very short conversation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Paul, just Mick has mentioned Marty Kavanagh, who I wanted to give a big mention to. And a lot of the time, you know, a mouse by his own admission will get a lot of plaudits in hurling terms when other guys have done a lot of good work. But uh, this final for me it was a big one player and an all earned influence on a game. I thought he was fantastic, not just for, I mean, not just for being Mouse Kavanagh or whatever, for want of a better way of putting it, but he broke up play. He got on loose ball. He drove forward. But most importantly, I think he was in direct competition with Liam Shepard for most of the game. And I'm up uh, for correction on that. But I think he won that battle, which was a big battle to win. Liam Shepard's influence in the last couple of games has been massive. And I just thought it would be remiss of us to not mention him. Did he stand out for you, P? Uh, yeah, he did. Like an awful ball went through his hands. There's absolutely no mm. question about it. And, you know, you bring back in all, all the other skills that, you know, he brings to the thing, you know, he knows when to slow it down. He knows when to, you know, let the ball on. All of those things that he's probably bringing from the, the small ball game, there's no question about that. Um, interesting enough, I actually thought Liam Shepard had some re really, really good periods in the game. It was kind of, mm. you were kind of looking at it and you were saying, well, look at his, his opposite, you know, Marty in, in, in the sense. But Liam Shepard actually played well. For large periods yeah. as well, both yeah. of them did. So they were kind of dropping off each other to some degree. Uh, he made, and he made ball, a great so. goal chance, Paul. Sorry, absolutely. He made a brilliant. No, you're goal right. Absolutely, yeah. To develop James's point about the throw-in, he made a brilliant yeah. effort. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, you're right. no, no yeah. you're right. You're right. You're right. So, but look at 
you know, you know what you get with Marty Cavan. There's no question about that. And I think all the attributes that, that Mick referenced uh, certainly was very good. I suppose um, to take the point going back in relation just for a second in relation to maybe the, the substitutions, I, I would share the view that I thought Gary Nolan was doing really well, to be quite honest. Uh, you know, but, you know, to, to take Mick's point there, People make decisions on the line, and we're not privy to whether that is carrying a bit of an injury or, you know, he's gassed out or whatever the hell it might be. So but those things are made, and they're made for, for, for the right reason, and we're not uh, here to question any of that. But I suppose the one interesting thing I'd say in relation to, um, to Matty Dowling is Matty played out further from goals than maybe he normally would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and perhaps uh, that was a little bit more, you know, testing on the legs than maybe in, in close to the goal. That, that's the only thing I could possibly say in relation to in relation to to his one. Um, and then, of course, then you 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 you, you had Sean O'Brien coming in for him. Interestingly enough, actually, uh, maybe Sean struggled with the first ball that went into him, but he did one did stick and he put in a great pass uh, inside, and there was a, there was a great great score kicked off it. Um, it was probably Alan quickly. I think they got a point at that, at that stage, um, but certainly I, you know, I, I even though we look at it, I, I naturally no ties to either club. I, I, I was somewhat disappointed for the fighting talks. I have to say. Mm-hmm. Just, just to say, Kevin, maybe before on James's point about the future for the Cox, right? Uh, Aaron Dowling is a very good footballer, a chip mm-hmm. off the old block. Uh, he's Matty's son. He's a very talented player. He he's he's a guy that's maybe in the Ushin Doyle mould. You know, or, uh, he's he's crafty. He's clever. Well able to kick a score, and I think like he's a guy that's coming up. And another fellow that I was very impressed with was Glenn O'Rourke. Was it Glenn O'Rourke at wing forward, uh, wearing number twelve? He had a real sort of a rugby sidestep. He kind of a he he cut in off it, but he's he was he was dynamic. Now I like the look of him, and he's another one for the future. So. And St. Martin's factory is going very well there. So I think I think they'll be all right. I think there's players coming there. Yeah, I think I think I think I think Glenn up to the final had probably chipped in with a goal in most games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I and I think, you know, it was interesting because going into I, I, I met a lad on the way into the match and I was kind of talking about the, you know, what might be needed. And I felt that if the fighting cost got two goals, they'd probably win it. They did mm. get two goals and they didn't get two goals and they didn't win it, but they went very close. Uh if, if if you take away, you know, perhaps that they didn't get uh, quite as much possession as uh, or as much chances maybe as as say Mullins, but on the flip side, you'd have to say, you know, in terms of the percentage return, it was probably a hell of a lot higher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, you just reminded me of something there, lads, because uh, I was to give a shout out to the uh, under seventeen A semi finals this evening, and um, I just have some results here. So St Martin's beat Grange one fourteen. To nine points and um, Airog fourteen points. Palatine one eight. Now, just on the St Martin's Grange one in particular, like that's that's very heartening to see. Mick, you're the best place man to talk about this actually. Um, given your status as a uh, intercounty manager this year, um, at that grade. So, um, do you want to just give us a bit of context on that, if you if you wouldn't mind, please? Yeah, well, I suppose they are. It's kind of kind of novel pairing there when you have Grange and and St Martin's there in a semi final. I said St Bridges, um, sorry, St Martin's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, like, look, that's that's great to see. Obviously, um, I know on the night there, St Martin's ran out reasonably comfortable winners on that end. But from Grange, and I mentioned this on a previous podcast with you, like there are some very good players in Grange that will be coming up. And I was saying to you that if the like of the elder guys in Grange can hang on and help bed those guys in. But 
there's two boroughs there. Uh, Aidan, who was on the team, and his younger brother, who's underage again next year. Aidan was on the minors this year. Tom Hughes, as we mentioned. Uh, Harry Nolan, as we mentioned, for Grange. The exciting players then on the St. Martin side. Marty Carroll was a dual player this year. Now, Marty concentrated on the hurling in the end of his kind of bit of an injury and so on. He's minor again next year. Yeah, there's Rory McCaffrey there, a younger brother of Fionn. There's Aaron Dowling, who I mentioned earlier there as well. There's a Dylan Ruan, a good Cunningham chap in the goal. There's a guy that's going to be a huge help to Kilbride, Daniel Bulger. Now, again, you know, he's, I think Kilbride are going to need him quicker than maybe other, other clubs might be able to bed lads in. But he's a fierce competitive chap. He got an injury, very unfortunate injury in our first challenge game this year. And he would have been a certain dual starter, hurlers and footballers for minor this year. So like there's there's the future is bright in both those places, I think. And credit to the coaches that coaches that are doing great work there. As regards Palatine and Aerog, to be honest with you, I'm slightly surprised that that Palatine to me, I thought were going to be, you know, not if not hot favourites, they look very, very strong to me. And they have lots of good players there. Uh, Owen McMahon in charge of them. And I mean, they have, they have lots of really good players. I think a fellow who was significantly was missing there was... Um, uh, his name escapes me. I'll come back to me in a second. Uh, in the middle of the field. Um, big, strong, lump of guy. Can't think of it now in my head here now. But mm. they have Jack Keating still underage. They have a couple of good buggy chaps there as well. They have uh, Ewan Breen. So there's lots of good, lots of good players in both those. But Aerog, typical Aerog, lots of people may be saying that this wasn't vintage for them and everything, and there they are in a minor A final again, you know. And they have like they have Paul Shaw, Jamie Coakley, Owen Myers. They have lots and lots of good players there coming through as they always do, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another result that you're seeing there is the Division Two A playoff. Um Mark Mulhall, sorry, Mark's first name escaped me for a second. Always Mark happens, was missing it? with the injury. It's, it's always the same. Uh, Davids, Michael Davids, seven points, one of surrender, six points. Um, and again, just before we go to teams of the year, I also want to mention a couple of things. So, well done once more to Ben Carey, Tin Ryland, who are the senior ladies' champions, and to St. Bridges, who are the intermediate ladies' champions. And of course, uh, this weekend in Netwatch Colin Park on Sunday, you have the Camogie finals, junior final is Born Rangers and Michel, I believe, in the senior final after that then is Michel and Nailbridge. Should be two cracking games indeed, so check out Carlo Camogie's social channels for that. So, teams of the year, uh, you're pleading the fifth one on this fish, yeah? Uh, yeah, uh, solely because I suppose I haven't seen uh, a lot of the early games in the championship, and I always find um, with teams of the year, and we're all guilty of it, uh, you know, we kind of heavily rely on recent memory so how well lads got on in finals or semi-finals and i think it's largely unfair at times uh you know your team of the year is is is, is a bit like uh you know the player of the year in your club it's it's, it's about uh performances in, in in may as much as it is in you know august or whatever so yeah i am pleading the fifth so i can i can i can let you on now and i can leave and uh, you can bring in mr Bambrick. That was that was so nice of you to to do that uh to you know to... <laughs> fish on a serious note Thanks a million for your contributions. It's been it's been great crack and sure best luck to the club more um heading into Leinster or something like that. He's only going back to Boland. <laughs> no, uh, 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 managed managed to actually work today, which is very positive. I'd say there's still a few in the Monday club, but I'd say I'd say it's starting to get a bit thin now at this stage. Um, yeah, yeah. just fi- just fi- just finally before I uh, before I do go, I suppose those games are are 
all down for the weekend the 24th I think the Leinster right. club games aren't they um, yeah. all, all at home is that the yeah spot on so yeah. um, I need to say have you a week though is it no, we have West Mead champions, St. Palakis. Okay, right, eventually. So the juniors, the junior winners will play, sorry, St. Mullins will play either Annanock or the Harps and Aero mm. will play Joseph's or Port Arlington. And you say there again, yeah. just remind us there. Uh, we've, we've said Malachy's from West Mead, they bet uh, Milltown Pass yesterday. Okay. Or Saturday. Right. Or Saturday. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And I so. think all three teams have a, have a great chance and uh, pretty much... Yeah. Very much looking forward to it, to be honest with you. But listen, P, thanks a million again. All right. And look after no bother, guys. There Bye. we go. That's Paul Bye. Horan over and out. And standing by our good friend, Mr. Stephen Bambrick. What's the story, Steve? What? Well, that's how we go on. Hey, Stephen. Uh, we're, we're not bad. Um, we we kept you waiting a, a little bit um, behind. We're only, only a half an hour, so that's probably early by by, by comparison to the usual timing, Stephen. As, you, as, as you've come to know over the last two or three years. <laughs> ah, yeah. Look, I'm in a kind of tomorrow, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's getting close to it, but um, yeah. Sure we'll, up, we'll, up a half five it is anyway. We'll <laughs> we'll we'll go straight to it, and do you know what? We'll let you go straight to yours if you if you'd like to do it. Um, I would say first yeah. that in yeah. terms of our teams of the year, there's no set out criteria for it as such. We just left it as a blank canvas, and everyone can, I suppose, you know, um, make the points in relation to why they selected everyone, and we will ask everyone for. A player of the year as well, which I think there, there could be consensus on already from a few little, I suppose, backstage chats. So, Steve, give it to us. Who is in the goal starting off anyway? Well, I'm after picking it a B team in the meantime when I was listening to you. So, do you want that as well? No, the lads didn't make it. <laughs> right. well, uh, I don't know who's to call out as well, and he wanted to go with honourable mentions. And I said, that's kind of dishonourable, though, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll close off that one. Though. I'll go back. Right, I'll I know. Go, go on ahead. You have the floor. Um, right. I went for in the wind up, I went for Chunny and Goal, Carl Kelly, Benny Kavner, Mark Mullen, Paddy McDonald, Josh Moore, Aaron Armand. Uh, Ed Finnegan and Brendan Murphy, Fieger Fitzpatrick, Connor Doyle, Darrow O'Brien, Paul Broderick, Ross Dunphy, and Colin Holton. Now, when the ball is thrown in, they're not going to be playing. And you know, I just I put the fifteen best I thought as I could. Uh, as I see, I see the the ladies final last last Saturday. Ben Carrington Rainer lining six up across the half forward line for the drawing. So. Um, yeah, uh, there's about 40 teams right down here, and there's been lads in and out of them all day. Uh, just, uh, and there is, there is that kind of um, recency bias, and there is final bias and semi-final bias, and um, yeah, there's no That's right or wrong answer. Brendan Hayden says to a lot of these questions. Yeah, well, you know what, right? When we spoke about three hours ago, you, you did you did sound particularly stressed, I won't lie. <laughs> and considering mine was only finalised there at about half past eight, um, you know, I was kind of in the same boat myself. But James and Mick, you look kind of relaxed, I suppose, in comparison. Uh, Clark, I'll start with you first. Who did you go with and why, I guess? Yeah, um, again, it was, it was it was hard. It was tough enough. Um, but I went with Kieran Cunningham in goal. I just thought he's fantastic. He's has everything you know to me uh benny cabinet the nearest we'll get to paul mcgrath i think in this county he's just his reading of the game is just 
phenomenal. He's he's fantastic, you know. Uh, Shane Redmond, uh, fullback, I put him. Um, just a born leader, you know. I think he's fantastic. Um, James Hickey from the Fighting Cocks had a fantastic championship this year, you know. Um, I thought he played well in, in the final, but he has had a fantastic championship. Uh, Jack McCullough, another man we may get playing for the for, for the senior footballers, a uh, halfback. Jack is a big, strong, powerful chap, you know. Uh, Josh Moore from Rafferty, the captain of Rafferty this year. Thought he had a fantastic year, centre back. Uh, Jamie Clark, how how exciting is he when he gets the ball? You know, half back, I have him. Uh, midfield, uh, Ian Atkinson from Old Lachlan had a fantastic year. And Fiacre Fitzpatrick, another man we get tugging out for the football or so. Um, half forward line, then uh, James Dyle, Sam Mullins. Um, really 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 good player really impressed with him you know just fantastic athlete as well and and i played against him in the junior a and i wish i didn't because uh he's just <laughs> super you know uh sean gannon sean gannon center forward just the leader of the pack you know absolutely brilliant uh darrow o'brien another half forward just stepped up to the plate all this year uh, as mick said earlier on i think uh he really really played fantastic this year scored the points when needed uh, full forward line, uh, Colin Hulton, fantastic year again. Uh, Oshin Dyle, Clamore, uh, just outstanding, uh, uh, you know, great prospect and uh, exciting to see uh, how he, he, he gets on now in the future, you know. And the last one, corner forward for his first year uh, senior senior football, Liam Gavin from Rafferty. So he had a fantastic year, you know. Um, it was, I had nine clubs represented there. Fair play to you. Went down through the whole lot of them, whereas uh, I kept mine restricted to to senior and such. But uh, you went you went through the whole lot, Clarky. Can you just give us the fifteen again? Just wham bam, thank you, wham kind of a thing. Just so yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, um, Kieran yeah. Cunningham, yeah. Uh, Benny Cabner, Shane Redmond, James Hickey, yeah. Jack McCullough, Josh Moore, Jamie Clark, mm-hmm. Ian Atkinson, Figra Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. James Dial, Sean Gannon, Dar O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colm Holton, Oshin Dyle, and Liam Gavin. Good stuff, yeah. And actually, Sean Gannon is someone I forgot to mention earlier. We, we briefly touched on Gannon and Fury, I guess. And, you know, I, I said to Martin they played smart games, which, you know, I didn't mean to be disingenuous by, by suggesting that. But you could see with Sean in particular in the first half, the way he was playing the game, it was like having a manager out in the field. Like he was just dictating things and he was getting the ball, he was taking the wise option, you know, conserving energy, not putting himself in a position where he could get hurt. But then at crucial times in the second half, um, I seen him make runs and I was like, Jesus, that lad, the hamstring is gone. The hamstring is gone. And like Fury likewise came out with a ball. I couldn't get over it. And to see Mark Mullen coming in at half time was particularly pleasant sight as well, given the fact that we thought none of them would play. And they all deserved the opportunity. So just to go off on a on a tangent on that one when you mention Mr. Gannon there. Mick, you're up next. Right, a fair bit of development in mind now. And again, like you, Kevin, I restricted it to senior because obviously the, some of the players mentioned James Dial, Oshin Dial, etc. I think they're they're definitely in the mix. There's no two ways about it. But I restricted it to senior, the same as you. Now, will you hear the groans for this now? Robbie Malloy, Robbie Malloy in goal. He played a game and a half, and to say he didn't make or put a foot wrong, I thought he was outstanding. I thought his kick-out performance in the match against their rogue in particular, 10 out of 10. I can't think of a mistake he made. If he did, I can't remember it. Do you want me to just lash through the rest of them now? 
that is an interesting one and deserved airtime, but I get where you're coming from. So in that game and a half, he didn't put a foot wrong. Whereas nope. maybe you felt at other stages that guys might have had a little misdemeanor here and there, yeah? Yeah, no, and again, like to offer the caveat that I know it was only over a game and a half. So therefore, the longer you play, the more likely you are to make a bit of a boo-boo or have a mistake. But I just thought, considering what they needed at that mm. time in those games, I just thought he was really, really superb. Mm-hmm. And surely the goalkeepers union here, like uh, the two lads, would be afraid to have a problem with that. No, the, there's no way to question me on that one. Now, I don't think will you, will you, lads? No, there you are, no, lads. You right. have the opportunity. <laughs> Objection sustained. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but look, I went with Danny Morn at cornerback, Jonah Dunn, mm-hmm. and Benny Cabinet. I don't think it's fair to judge Jonah Dunn on the final performance. Stephen mentioned re- recency bias. I think people, I think anyone having trouble. With Ross Dunphy, I don't think that's a reason not to be on a team of the year. I think Ross Dunphy, when he's in that kind of form, you'd want three men to mark him, right? I went with Jack McCullough at wing back. I went with John Murphy of Tenor Island at centre back, even though Josh Moore, yeah, maybe I made a mistake there. And I went for Tyg Roach at left half back. Um, I think Tyg has had a brilliant year. He's he's added he's added scores to his game as well as being like a super athlete, great competitor. And he's adding a bit of an attacking threat there as well. I went with Fieker, Fitzpatrick and Connor Doyle in the middle of the field. Fieker, because I think, again, there's a guy that if he had, he, he, he's obviously capable of being a very good, a brilliant dual player. I think he can kick scores. He can win ball. He's athletic. He can take a free. I, I think he has it all. And I thought Connor Doyle, in the absence of Brendan Murphy, uh, really stood up. I felt that was a real coming of age performance by Conor Doyle against their Oak. I thought scores, winning ball, I thought he was really excellent now. Half forward line, Aaron Ammond. Aaron Ammond has had some championship. Um, he, he does it all for all often. He has everything. Uh, super athlete. Because after coming back from a tough start earlier in the year for him personally, he had, a few, he had a few bits he had to get over there. I thought he was brilliant. Dara O'Brien, I picked at 11. Sean Gannon, needs like everything's been said about Sean Gannon uh, I just felt that maybe he, he could play within himself a little bit there and how he played Sean Gannon has won everything that's gone every award and so on I felt Darrell O'Brien in the in the last couple of games really stood up with scores and with composure and with being a leader for Airog as well and I think Paddy McDonald I picked him at wing forward as well uh, again maybe the best athlete in the county he's up there He's up there. There can't be many better than him. He's starting to add scores. He's good at going back. He's good going forward. Full forward line. Stephen mentioned recency bias. Paul Broderick, I picked at top of the right. Ross Dunphy, I picked at full forward. And again, to, to, to reiterate the point I made earlier about Colin Hulton, I think he has really come on. We always knew about his, his game with the ball in his hand. But I think he's really added leadership. He's added work rate off the ball. I think he's had a great championship. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't deny any of the lads that the boys have mentioned. Liam Gavin, as you mentioned, Josh Moore, as you mentioned. I think there's been great performances. Okay, well, I've actually got to Donahue's one next there. So, Johnny Fury has in the goal. He has Danny Moran, Alfie Corker and Benny Kavna. He's got Jack McCullough, Shane Redmond, Josh Moore. He's got Brendan Murphy. And John Murphy, Tin Ryland. He's got Connor Doyle, Darrell O'Brien, Ed Finnegan. And he's got Paul Roderick, Ross Dunphy, and Jamie Clark. That's Dunzer's one. Anyway, they got me on one here now. So, 
Um, no different to Mick, I think it was yourself that said it. Um, I don't have Josh Moore in mine, and I have egg in my face over that now. And um, when I look at the breakdown, I've only got two Rothville lads in it, I think, which is astounding considering the season that they had, how close they came without losing the game in open play. Um, so in hindsight, I'm, I'm not particularly proud of <laughs> of the fact that I've only got two of them in. But anyway, I went with Kieran Cunningham in the goal as well. Um, I think he only conceded one goal in the in the championship. Um, you know, he made some very good saves and yeah, went with, went with him. Cottle Kelly, a player who has improved massively for a row, not just this year, but over the past couple of years. Um, I have him at right corner back. Then I've got uh, Benny Kavna. Sure, look, what, what can you say that hasn't already been said? Uh, Ty Roach, fantastic season. Um, I, I mean, like he's now added a goal scoring to his uh, resume. Clarky, did he get three goals in the championship? He definitely got two. Definitely got two, and yeah, Stephen, Stephen uh, might know that one, but uh, he, he's had a fantastic year, 100%. Yeah, you got uh, two. I was trying to make it up to that. I thought you got three as well. But I think you got two. Got one against. He did he leave one on a place for was it Mikey Bambrick or who? Did, he left one on a place for someone, didn't he? Speaking of players, like one break one beside me here. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, yeah, he's he's added that to to his to his resume. He's he's able to quieten lads and get forward at the same time, and get scores. And like that's something Carl Kelly has done as well. Like he popped up with a score yesterday. Didn't he get a goal against Old Auckland as well? Like, yeah. Um, it's it's one thing you'd always say to a cornerback: get up the field and get a score. Now that's the way the game has gone. Don't be afraid to do it. Uh, half back like Mark Mullen for me. Possibly the most improved player I've seen this year in uh, in championship football, along with Kelly. Obviously, it's probably possible between the two of them. I think he just played like a like a seasoned veteran for a guy who effectively is only a kid in his second eligible year. I would say of senior football, definitely his first year playing consistently from the get go. Uh, Jack McCullough, yep, yeah, I mean fantastic for Biden Sound. I actually went with Paddy McDonald at left half back. I know guys move around a little bit. He probably played a little bit back there. He played. She played everywhere really, and he was everywhere. So that's the halfback line, middle of the field, Connor Doyle and John Murphy to Ireland. Uh, like you know, we mentioned it probably a little bit earlier, I think, but uh, he was one of the, the leading lights I felt for Tin Ryland yesterday with how he charged forward. Probably could have done with um support play, but it's not just on yesterday, he's picked it throughout the whole season. So he partners Connor Doyle. Half forward line, Aaron Almond, fantastic this year. Um, couldn't speak highly enough of him. Brendan Murphy, like, I mean. <laughs> It's a real shame that Brendan's season ended the way it did. And uh, Mick, I know you touched on, you said, you know, these guys have done it all, they've won it all. But having said that, I suppose, and it's not in spite of your comment, it's just probably in addition to it, he was in player of the year form yeah. um, up to the semi-final. Possibly, possibly was player of the year. And I yeah. just felt it difficult from that point of view maybe to to leave him out. And then there's people that would say, well, sure, you're judging him off three games. But like, if you're judging Robbie off a game and a half, Mick, I'll take three, all right? Is that fair? 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, we shake hands on that one. So Dara O'Brien then completes the half forwarding. Dara, you know, he's always led by example, a great kid. And, uh, you know, same this year, just fantastic. Full forward line, Paul Roderick, Ross Dunphy, Colin Holden. And I think, is that, do three of us have that full forward line? I push in Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, that, that brings us to player of the year, I guess, guys. Um, Steve, I'll start with you first. Yeah, she took the words when we were out there. Um, like Brendan Murphy, Paul Broderick, you'll be talking, looking, going into the last couple of games. Then Ross Dunphy, you know, yesterday scores 1 4 in the county final after getting another hot gig against Rangers. So I'd, I'd be going with Ross. 
Conor Doyle was in there with a show as well. Like he was just savage in every game, you know. And um, yeah, I go Ross Dunphy. All right, Mick, next. Oh, it's very hard. Uh, Aaron Ammond, I think, uh, overall, what a great season he's had. I think, I think I, I, if you took Aaron Ammond out of all Lachlan, I think he'd probably be the biggest loss that anybody could be to any team. I think what he does for all Lachlan and the fact that they confounded expectations, and I think Aaron, Aaron was such a huge part of that. Um, I still go back to it that, and by the way, Ross Dunphy deserves all the plaudits he gets. He's brilliant. Um, I just I have a feeling that Colm Hulton, I think if you look back at when he got his scores and how crucial they were at, at, at stages and games, I think he had a huge influence. I don't know. I think I'll go Aaron Ammon. Okay, Aaron it is. Um, James? Yeah, listen, I, I agree with the two lads with everything they said. Um, I think Colin Hulton's work rate this year is fantastic. But the one guy I, I will give player of the year to, and do you know what is it? Um, he, he's just come out of uh, himself, I think, this year. He, he works tremendously hard. I've played with him, played against him, um, and just scored crucial, crucial frees and scores from, from everywhere this year. And and really led the line, especially when Sean Gannon went off the last day, is Darrow O'Brien. Right, interesting. And doesn't it just go to show how good the championship was when you have so many different individual performances that, you know, we, we've named out contenders there, I think, from three different clubs, or is it four different clubs, possibly? You know, I mean, that's the type of championship we had. Um, I'm going with Ross Dunphy on, on this one. I think he's been phenomenal. Even, you know, while he didn't shoot the lights out against Rafili and nobody was going to on that day, his influence, what he did, when you draw two or three players maybe to you open things up for other guys too like and that's often kind of forgotten about when, when whenever others then come in and, and pick off the score so that's the crack now let the let the abuse begin um as soon as we go off of course it will happen um i know when you're based in town and you're working you're definitely going to get a bit more of it um i thankfully don't have to go too far tomorrow so <laughs> that's best look at that one <laughs> you want a pahiki coming after you for putting dear not putting dear reborn on you on it now this time <laughs> i don't think pat was too happy with joe no we're not having dear reborn and maybe uh maybe a michael dial as well on the on the harlan team and look there's another guy dear reborn very good year Um, like i was thinking even the relegation finals like connor crowley what he's done for for palatine mm. at times this year not just in the relegation final but you know, a real, real leader like Sean Murphy of Fenna. Like, just because you end up in the relegation final doesn't mean you know players that deserve to be that don't deserve to be in a team of the year, you know, Mick? Well, of the 1 9 that Kilbride scored in their relegation game, Dara Foley got all of it. <laughs> there you go. You know, we've class, class everywhere. We don't, we don't know the half of it. So, I saw Nile Carew there yesterday. I don't know if he was there Saturday, guys, but there's so much talent there that. We simply have, in my opinion, the raw materials to do better. I hope we do better, uh, because from what I can see, there's there's real, real quality there. Like you know, we've no takers on it. We're all in agreement. Lovely, right? Okay. <laughs> so no, on that well, note, well, have we anything else to add before we wrap it up, Wonder? Well, the guys just to develop that point. I think the guys, Paddy McDonald, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, if 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 he's again, I know he's a dual player, but Paddy McDonald, I think, has what it takes. The same as you mentioned with Jamie Clark and that. He's like Jamie Clark 2.0, I think. Like, really dynamic. Ty Roach can definitely come in there. 
uh, like they're the guys and and Oshin Dial, like Oshin Dial again from the intermediate grade, but he has what it takes. So you're right, there are there are fellas coming to the fore, no question. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Well, look, I, I've not more to to add, I suppose, guys, unless uh, unless you have. But I just want to thank you. We'll have you here for for everything, whether it's writing reports, whether it's you know going to the games, coming on the pod. It's been great fun. The feedback's been outstanding, and thanks so much for everything, lads, over the last few weeks. All right, really appreciate it. Fair play, Kevin. I think you're doing nice, a brilliant Kevin. job. You're brilliant. Can Clark, brilliant Clark job. you give us a tune on the piano there, lads? <laughs> the it's actually out. broke. Just to finish the out. It's our tune at the moment, Stephen, but only for that I would, yeah. Okay. I went right. out, out to Bowling's anyway. It's better than I beat I here at the moment. So. <laughs> Great stuff. Lads, thanks a million. Really appreciate it. So, James Clark, Mick Yo, and Stephen Bambrick. And just to give a shout out to Conley's Top Line, Earth Spas, Scats Bounce and Castles, JJ Services, Seamus Burn Electrical, Talba Fitness, PFT Travel, The Arboretum, Rail Wheel Unlimited, and Carlo Electrical Services. So, wherever it was for you about these championships, whether it was maybe I don't know, the tears of Mark Fury, or whether it was the honesty and the few F-bombs from Alan Quigley, whether it was the proud father and Paddy Byrne, it was truly magical. We have a lot of memories, we won't forget them, and we were happy to play a small part in bringing them to you over the past five or six weeks. So to you, the listeners and the viewers, thank you as always, but for now, goodbye and God bless.